if I had a title, I, I thought about this title and I thought, you know, coming up with titles is, is a little bit difficult sometimes because you've got to kind of hit the target where you're going to head. And, and actually, I could have shifted this title many, many times. But, but I'm going to talk about it only takes one obedient person, one obedient person to do something great for God. And sometimes that, you know, you, when you see a great movement that takes place, it's usually one person, one Moses had a vision, you know, or, or, or whoever, this Jesus uh, revolution movie, one, one pastor had a vision, changed the world. It only takes one obedient person that God can use in a powerful way. And, and we're going to take a look at the life of Elijah this morning. And Elijah was an incredible man who, who was an overcomer. I mean, you talking about obstacle after obstacle, Elijah was an incredible man of God, and he was an overcomer because he was one man who was obedient to listen and hear God's voice and do what God was telling him to do. And so for the next few moments, let's go ahead and set this up because I'm going to take you on a journey this morning about where many of us are at right now, and, and, and you really need to hear this. Because Elijah went through this process, and it's a process that we all go through. And so let me set it up. The time is, is 1,000 years ago. It was back whenever there were uh, 200 years had gone, had come and gone, and there were evil kings that were reigning over Israel for over 200 years. And, and I don't know, you do the math, probably between 15 to 20 kings had been ruling and reigning, and, and every king that ever ruled and reigned during that time period were evil. Not one of them was a good king. And so now here we have Elijah in this time period, and the king that is now ruling and reigning is Ahab. How many of you know Ahab? He was an evil, nasty king. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he was more evil than, than all the kings before him. I think I put it up here for us. Let's go to the scripture here. And it's found here in 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 30. Watch what it says. Ahab, son of Amari, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. Now, how many of you would take a shot at or know who Ahab's wife was? Huh? Jezebel. So now you got two nasty, evil people together. I mean, just absolutely evil at the highest of highest levels. As a matter of fact, they were so evil that they had built these altars and they were getting all the children of Israel to bow down and worship Baal and Azra, the false gods. They went as, as far as getting the people to bring their own children, their sons and their daughters, their little babies, and laying them on the altars and sacrificing their children to Baal and Asher, the gods, false gods. And then there was sexual immorality just, just running rampant, people doing what they want to do with whoever they want to do, however they want to do. It was just a nasty, evil time. Finally, God has enough of it, and he says, enough is enough is enough. Now, you would think that he would have sent a big army in to just annihilate them all, right? Just, just destroy them all. But he didn't. He sends one man, Elijah, to go down and deal with this evil, awful king. 
And so my point this morning is this, and I think I put it up here. It only takes one person obeying God to accomplish something great for God. And I want to ask you this question. How many of you here this morning that that is you? How many of you are really willing to stand and say, hey, I, I, I want to be that person? Because I truly believe with all my heart that there are some of you here today that God wants to do this very same, same thing in you. God has been calling you. God has been dealing with you to do something, to get out of your comfort zone and go with him and just do something. Right? And, and, and I think I shared last week, if you do nothing, you'll have nothing. But, but it's God dealing with you. Maybe God, it's the season for you to step out of that comfort zone. God's been telling you over and over and over and over, it's time that you get out and start teaching maybe a class. Or maybe some of you, God has called you to start a little small group and a life group and get together with some folks and say, you know, I'm going to head this thing up. We're just going to just read the Bible together. We're going to hang out together and talk about Jesus stuff. Man, we're going to talk about God stuff, Right? Or maybe some of you, God is calling you, been telling you over and over and over, you need to go to your workplace and start a little prayer group before work starts or whatever with the group of people. Maybe some of you, God is calling you like Jeffrey Sorrell over here. And you know, he's not over there. His wife's there. But anyway, where'd he go? But he, he, God spoke to him about feeding the homeless. And so he's doing it. He, he's, he's stepping up, doing it. Or maybe some of you men or women of God, God's been calling you, dealing with your heart about stepping up and just start praying for your family or whatever. But I really truly believe that God wants to do the same thing in all of us, all of us. But it only takes one person just to obey God, be willing to say, God, I'm going to do what you're going to ask me to do. And so God calls Elijah to deal with Ahab now, okay? And so he's going to be obedient. He's going to go down to Ahab, King Ahab and Jezebel, and he's going to unload on them and tell them what's about to happen. Now, let's read it here. It's found here in 1 Kings 17, verses 1. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord, that's, by the way, that's where he's from, <laughs> as the Lord the God of Israel lives, whom I serve. Do you hear me? He just goes straight for the juggler. He said, I'm, I'm here to tell you about the real true living God now. I'm going to tell you what the real God's going to do. Because you've been false, you've been, you've been worshiping all these false gods now, but I'm going to tell you what my God's about ready to do, buddy. And watch what he says. Whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Now, you're talking about an economy shutdown. Inflation right now, we can be worried all we want, honey, but that's nothing compared to what this is about ready to happen. You take away water, no crops. No water, no livestock. No water, no, no cat, nothing. People die without water. And you talking about right here, I mean, you would think at this moment that, that it would be on and that there was going to be a big fist fight taking place right here between King Ahab and, and, and Elijah. But it doesn't. What happens is, it's God says, oh, 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 wait a minute here. Elijah, there, there's some more things I got to do, do, do in you right now. So he pulls him away from him immediately and sends him out into this deserted place where there's a ravine, where, where there's no one there. And he's here, and he finds himself all alone, okay? Now, but because here's what I want you to understand today. Before God 
can use you. And I believe this is what he was telling Elijah, why he pulled him away from the king and he didn't let him finish the business. I believe that God was saying, hey, listen, buddy, before I I can really use you here, I'm going to have to do some incredible things and changes in you. And there's some of you this morning that you may be in this ravine as well. You may be in this dark place and you think it's all bad and it's not good, but just maybe you're there because God's trying to break you. And God's trying to break me. And I truly believe with all my heart, church, that that I don't think God really truly, a man can be used until he's really broken. And really, no, no true apologies are really apologies until a real man or woman of God gets on her knees and apologizes in a broken spirit in her marriage either. It's just words. I'm sorry. Now get on your knees. Be broken. Because it's about the other person. And so let's take a look at this this morning. Because God needs to prepare us all, church. There's a preparation that he's trying to work in us and through us, through this process. And let's take a look at the life of Elijah and how we can all learn through this preparation, okay? And so there's three things during this week that I found in my study time that God did to prepare Elijah to go back to King Ahab later and and deal with the issue. And maybe later on I can go ahead and finish up and we'll go to the next message, maybe next week or whatever. I don't know, before Easter, after Easter. But I really feel like maybe I need to hang out with Elijah a little bit. But we're just going to set the setting. Because before God could use him, God had to do something incredibly inside of him. And so here's the first thing that God does to prepare Elijah. So he pulls him away from King Ahab and now he's in this desert place and he puts him in this ravine. With nothing, no one. Now remember, there's, a de- it's, there's no water. No water, no life. How's he going to live? Now here's what God's going to teach him. So the first thing that God does to repair Elijah is God put him in an isolation with his pain and hurt. He put him there. First thing, pulls him away, puts him in a place where there's nothing. To experience his pain and his hurt, to deal with this brokenness. Now he's all alone. And he's hurting. How many of you, I remember you've ever been, you felt all alone and you're hurting and you're, and, and you're struggling and you don't understand why you're there. But listen, could it be that God pulled you there? He says, no, I, I got to show you something here, but we got to open up and listen and be, rare, be ready to receive what God tells us. Now watch what it says here in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 and 3. Now he just confronted the king, said it's not going to rain anymore. And so the king's probably all ticked off right now. I'm angry with, with Elijah. And so Elijah got removed by God. Now he's here alone. Now watch what it says here. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here. Turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. So now he's here in this ravine. And so I believe what God is really truly saying with him is what I just shared a moment ago. I believe this is what he's saying. Go ahead and let's go to this next key thing that God has given me. Before I can do something through you, now get this, I've got to change something in you. Let that sink in, church. Because a lot of us want to be really used of God, but we're not really willing to let God change us. Oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, but are we really ready? And, and I remember, uh, you know, in my life, there, there's always been brokenness in my life. Always have been brokenness. And, um, and, and God, just all through my life. And we go through these seasons, but before God can do something through you, you know, I've got to, I've got to change something in you. Gary, there's something inside of you. you got, I've got to change before I can take you to the next place. 
And this is where Elijah was. Something had to change in his life. And right now you might be in a ravine and you're saying, God, where are you? Why am I all alone, God? I mean, there's no food. There's no what? There's nothing here, God. God, I could die. And you feel like you're dying. And you're tired. You're exhausted. But now watch. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 4 and 6, watch what happens. God shows up and starts talking to him. You will drink from the brook. Evidently, God's going to give him some water here. I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did, so watch now. So he did what the Lord had told him. There's the obedience. Rather than getting angry and mad, he said, okay, I'm hearing God. Okay, you're going to give me some water to drink and some food to eat here. And these ravens, I mean, you're talking birds are going to bring to me. Yeah, that's what he's saying. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. The ravens brought him, watch, bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Can somebody say amen? You may be in your ravine today, but God's got something for you. You just got to be patient. And God's going to bring it to you. And you don't have to do anything but just obey and let him begin to do what God wants to do in your life. But if you're there and you feel like you're all alone, I got some great news for you. Our God will take care of you. He's going to take care of you. Becky, he's going to take care of you. Where are you at, sweetie? My sister, he's going to take care of this situation in Jesus' name with her husband, my, 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 my brother-in-law. He, he'll take care of it. But we've got to learn to stay in the brokenness, to stay there, and just let God be God. Because he'll take care of you. See, God, you know, one thing I'm learning about God, God's not out to hurt your pride, church. He's not out to hurt your feelings. He's out to kill them. He's out to kill it. Because that gets in the way from God doing something great through you. Amen. And, and until we get to brokenness, God's not going to use us. He can't. We walk around in pride all the time. God can't use us. I, I know you come for you know, a real nice pretty message this morning, but can I just, I, I'm going to be transparent. Let's be transparent. Let's preach the word. Because listen, there's some of you, it's time that we get broken. We got to get broken. And let God begin to do something in us. And so, again, God's not, out to, God's not out to hurt our little pride. He's out to kill it. See, my friend, before I moved here, it was, I had a buddy. He just, he just kind of prophesied over me. He said, Pastor, man, God's going to bless you. Church is going to do well. But I got some sad news for you. God's going to break you when you're there. How much more brokenness can I get? I mean, we lost everything in Greenwood. Go over there, broken through that. Go over in Harrison. Go through cancer, broken through that. And now we come over here. And trust me, there's been a lot of broken seasons that we've gone through. But I can say this, every season has helped me. I'm so thankful for those broken moments that I just listen to God. Because it's in those broken times is when God can really rise up and do something great in us. And see, Elijah was in this ravine, and he was broken. He was lost. He was all alone. No one was there to help him. He had to completely trust God. I like what A.W. Tozer said one time. I was reading it, and I found this in a book, and, and I, he said it this way. It's doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. 
And I thought, boy, that's good. Because there's, and I know that you think that God, oh, he, he's not want to hurt you. Look, he wants to help you. And he does it by, 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 by this brokenness. Getting to the place where we just flat stay broken. So the thing that I want you to understand this morning, the more that God breaks you, the more that God's preparing you for something great, okay? So if you're being broken this morning and you're in that ravine and you feel all alone and you feel like no one cares, no one loves you and you've lost everything, you could either stay there as long as you want or you could say, no, God, there's something here that I've got to do, okay? So the first thing that God does to prepare Elijah before he can send him back to Ahab and Jezebel to deal with them, he sends him to this place of isolation to break him. Even in his hurt and his pain and his suffering, he broke him, okay? Now the second phase comes in, and this is the second way that God prepared him. And, and, and I just want to put it this way. Go ahead, let's go to number two. God taught him to completely rely on him. I want to ask you, who are you relying on when you're in that state of brokenness? When you're in your ravine, who are you relying on? Are you really truly relying on God? Oh, trust me, because this is a time whenever you separate who you really put your faith in, who you trying to run to. You see, God had Elijah in a place where he couldn't run to anyone or anybody. It was completely in a drought, no water, nothing around him. <laughs> but God kept bringing water up out of this ravine. He kept drinking it. God kept bringing these ravens to him, bringing him bread and bringing him T-bone steaks, man, every day. Why? Because he had to learn to rely on him. And so, I'm telling you, church, when Jesus is all you've got, Jesus will be all that you need. Trust me, when you're not broken, when, when God and God alone is going to take care of you, church. Amen. I don't know who you are, but you get this in your spirit this morning. You know, I'm telling you, he's going to bring you bread when you need it. He's going to bring you the spiritual water when you need it. He's going to bring you spiritual bread. He's going to sp bring spiritual meat to you in that time of your ravine. Because that's relying on him. Proverbs teaches us that trust in God with all your heart. And quit trying to rely on your own understanding. Quit, quit trying to figure it out. Because that's where we get in trouble. But when you get to that place... He said, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to direct you in all your steps that you take. I will, I will lead you. Rely on God. So now let's go back to, to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 4 and 6 now, and let's read it again. And I want this to sink in here. In 1 Kings 17, 4 and 6, you will drink from the brook, and I directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him, and when he went to Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there, okay? The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, I got some sad news for you vegetarians. <laughs> he brought him missions barbecue. Praise be to God every day. Amen. My wife doesn't like that place. Too much meat for her. 
she wants salads and stuff like that, and I get that, but it's a guy. Is it a guy thing, man? I'm about, how many, come on, guys, Mission Barbecue, hurt, hurt, hurt. come on, amen, yeah. All the sauces, yeah. Little Texas twingy stuff and some little Alabama bold and some little whatever else you got. I'm telling you, man, God was bringing him like a buffet every day in the middle of nothing. And God wants to bring you a buffet if you just rely on him and wait. There'll be a spiritual raven come your way. And when you're a little down, God's going to begin to bring you a little steak. God's going to bring you some good big old, I mean, just yeast rows and just, just melting and, and some incredible water. Amen to that. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? But now they're in a drought, church. They are in a drought. So here he is because he's trusting and he's relying on God. God's showing up and bringing him a buffet. If you're in a ravine, God wants to bring you a buffet. But he's only going to bring you a buffet if you totally, fully trust him and rely on him to do it. This is where it gets difficult because many people don't rely on him. They start looking for answers in other places. Like the country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for all the supply and all the wrong, whatever you want to say it. Amen. Look, he wants us to go to him. This is why God brought him to this place, this ravine of brokenness, so that he would go to God and God only. He's breaking him, but now he's teaching him to completely, totally rely on him. See, what God was saying, no matter what, I will always, 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 always be your provider. See, you're not your provider. God's Jehovah Jireh. He's the provider. We're the steward. It's all you are. When I learned that lesson, I taught my son that, then it took all the pressure off. Okay, if you're deadbeat and you just don't want to work, that don't don't apply to you. You still need to work. Okay, because there's some people take that and go, well, Honey, there you go. I don't have to do anything now. God provides. He don't provide stupidness and laziness, though. He don't provide for that. He provides for hard work. He, he provides for obedience and trusting God, okay? But no matter what, God will always, always be your provider. And listen to me, church. He will always, always give you exactly what you need when you need it. You know, Philippians, let's go here, 4, 19. And my God shall supply all my need according, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And here's sometimes what we'll do though, if he doesn't give us what we want because we're selfish and we go, well, I don't want that. Well, you know what? God's not going to bless you with anything else until you can appreciate what God gives you. So see, God's going to give you what you need. God gave him water. I mean, I don't get any, like, Mountain Dews, God. You got a little Mountain Dew up there, God? You got to, how about some Pepsi or Coke or whoever, whatever side you're on there? I don't know. But, you know, got something like that, God? You know, I don't like water. I'm like, who on earth does not like water? I thought about that the other day. Well, I don't like, how can you not like water? It don't have a taste. Think about it. I mean, you, you need to drink it. Drink water. It's good. It's good for you. It don't, I, don't, I don't like it. don't taste. Well, that's, if it don't taste, then you, you, you got to like it then. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's kind of oxymoron there, I guess. But, but listen, but I'm telling you, many of you have lost something, and you feel, you feel like you're in this dark place, and it's hard for you to trust God. 
It's hard for you to trust. It's hard for you to rely on God. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God will supply. No matter what, God will always, always, always be your provider. And here's one thing I think that we're learning from this message is as I see it, did you notice that God gave him water, bread, and meat in the morning? And God gave him water, bread, and meat in the evening? Why didn't God just unload? He's got, he could give it to him all in one big package. Because you see, God is a God who provides what you need in the moment that you need it. And when you're done, when you get to the next moment, when you get to the next day, then he'll do it again. Then, Because what is he trying to do? He's trying to teach us to rely on him. In every occasion, not, not month by month, but day by day, by hour by hour. This is, I'm telling you, this is a journey that God's talking about. Amen. So God is going to provide and quit, quit wanting these big lump sums. God loves to provide in just little portions at a time. You know why? Because we choked to death if he gave us everything that, that, that we really truly wanted because we couldn't handle it. He said, no, I, I, I need for you to rely right now and trust me now in this moment. Tomorrow's not here yet. It may never get here. You may be with me in the next 30 seconds, God says. But I need for you to trust me and rely on me now. So that's why I'm like, God, and as I said that, that's why it is. Day, in the morning time, he brought him eggs, right, and bacon and biscuits. In the evening, oh, blessed be God, he brought him the yeast rows and the ribeye steaks, the flaming youngs. And water. Ooh, I don't like water. Just get over the water part, okay? <laughs> but he's bring, you getting what I'm saying. So the next morning, he's going to mix it up. He's going to bring you some biscuits. He's going to bring you some pork. And so listen, so all you vegetarians, get over yourself. Because right here, God is the creator of the universe, is bringing meat to us, baby. <laughs> bringing it on. We serve a God that knows exactly what we need today. Don't worry about tomorrow, but right now in this moment, say, God, I'm going to completely, totally rely on you. And so what God was doing, God was breaking him to get him to trust him and rely on him at that moment, at that hour, because he's, he's watching, seeing what he's going to do. So, so Elijah had to completely be totally, totally dependent upon God by trusting him day by day by day. And so here's, there's the two preparations that God sent Elijah through, okay? God, God prepared Elijah, number one, by what? By sending him into a place of isolation, and he's hurt his pain to break him. First step. The second step that I saw here is God took him there to get and force him to completely and totally rely on him day by day, morning time, by morning time, evening by evening, he's not going to, well, God, can you just like, again, he's not going to give it to you in a big lump sum. And so God is trying to get us to just rely on him. Rely on God. God is your provider. And here's the third and final thing that God prepared him. Pastor David, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Come on, brother. The third thing that God taught him was this. is completely, watch now, God taught him to completely Obey him. This is the part I think that Denny was talking about this morning. When you learn to obey God, it's better than a sacrifice, the Bible says. 
Obedience. Just doing what God is telling you to do. And this is the hard part. Because sometimes God tells us to do things that's, that's, that's not natural, not normal. Okay, Moses, I want you to obey me. I want you to take the rod and stick it over the Red Sea. And we're going to part the water. Um, excuse, now, can you say that to me one more time, God? I'm not sure. What did you just say? I want you to take this rod, put it out over the Red Sea, because there are, there are soldiers coming after you. And you got, uh, but God, I, oh, we've got like 4 million people here, God. Are, let's just, uh, we'll go back. See, that's what we do, don't we? We try to negotiate God. No, when God tells you and God compels you, you've got to do what God is telling you to do. If you don't, then you're out of God's plan. You've got to do what God is telling you to do. Now, I want you to see here that now Elijah had it made. He's here in this ravine, and he's got the water coming up from the brook. God keeps supplying, and he's got the ravens bringing him the bread and the meat. Now God changes it up. God says, I'm going to move you now. What? I got it made right where I'm at, God. Everything was working out just fine. But watch what he says. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 and 9. Now watch. He loves to change it up. <laughs> Sometime later, the brook dried up. Because, the, because, watch now, there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once. Get that. Go. Time to go. Go at once to Zephrath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Now watch. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Wait a minute, God. There used to be water. God, there used to be bread. There used to be meat, God. Did I do something wrong? That's what we tell ourselves. When you're in a ravine, did I do something wrong? No, no. You've already done what I've asked you to do. I've already got you in the right place. And you're in your ravine right now. And you've learned to rely on me, but now I'm going to move you a little bit more. There's a lady over here. She's going to give you the bread. She's going to give you the meat, okay? I need you to trust me. You got this, Elijah? Are you sure, God? Are you sure that I didn't do something wrong? Here's what I want you to understand. Put this up here. This is what you got to understand. Sometimes God drives your brook up to get you to move to another. You see, God dried the brook up for, for my wife and I in, in, in Greenwood. And it was time that we moved on over to Harrison. And we was there for a season. And then God stopped the bread and stop the meat, and stop the water, and says, uh-uh, I got to move you again. <laughs> we came here. You get what I'm saying? And you see, for, for the season here in Elevation, the brook is drying up in this auditorium, church. And next season is, we got to build a new auditorium. Yeah. Could somebody say amen to that? Yeah. Amen. Am I, we only got a handful of believes that? I mean, I mean we're going to... No, we will build an auditorium. God's got some great things for our Elevation Church. Amen. The brook's dried up. God says, time to move on. Listen, if God is going to give us water here, spiritual water, and he's going to give us the spiritual bread here, and he's going to give us the spiritual meat here, why won't he do it over here? He'll do it there. 
He'll do it there. But sometimes he'll dry that brook up. And I call it the perfect storm because it doesn't feel good. It's a storm that God uses to cause the breaking inside of you to do something that, that, that it's just not feel good, but you know you got to do it. And when you do it, you'll know it was God's plan. You'll know it was God's plan. I'm going to ask you, is your book a little dry this morning? What's God really truly calling you to do, church? And some of you, you think that in this season it's to hurt. It's not. Just sit and listen and wait and rely on God. And wait till the spiritual bread comes. Wait till the spiritual food comes. Wait till the spiritual water comes in Jesus' name. And you keep waiting. And keep, why? Because God will show up. You keep believing and trusting in God. You know, so Elijah goes to this little widow woman, okay? And he says something bizarre to her. And you got to understand, all this little widow woman had was a little jar of oil and a little bit of flour. That's all she had. Remember, there's a drought in the land. She has nothing else. And, 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 her, and her family. And, she's, and she said, and so Elijah goes to her and says, hey, listen, lady, I, I need for you to go make me a cake. Make me some biscuits or some cake. Can you do that? Just, she says, this is all I got. So you know, she was preparing for her death. She said, I'm going to make my son and me some bread. We're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. That's exactly, she was preparing her death. But God says, uh-uh. Or, or Elijah says, no, God's got a better plan. I want you to make me some cake. Because he's going to supply you with more oil. He's going to supply you with more bread. Watch the story here. But God's bringing him to a new season. He's took him out of the ravine now, and now he's brought him into another season. And I want you to see the same God provides the same thing there. I remember when we moved here. Oh, Pastor Gary, you can't, yo, you can't start church here. Can't do it. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't, you can't. I got so sick and tired of the world, I can't. I got news. You know God has taken care of me better here than he has ever has in his entire life. Here. Out of all places. I don't want to lie. You're not going to get me to leave. No Indianapolis, no Louisville. You can have it all you want, honey. God is supplying everything I need right here. And then some. Why? Because I've learned to rely on him. I've learned to trust him. I've learned to obey him. When you obey him, the floodgates of heaven just going to open up and bless you. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Watch. For this is what the Lord, my God, not Baal, not Asher, the false God, but this is what my God, the Lord of Israel says. The jar of flour, young lady, will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. <laughs> so what she do? She said, I'm going to obey too. When you begin to obey, man, nothing can stop the blessings of God. So what? She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day. Well, how did that happen? There was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Can somebody say amen? God is going to send you what you need when you need it, church. All this happened is because we got a guy who learned to obey and trust God. 
So the same God that provides for you today is going to be the same God that provides for you in the next season. And then the next season. And then the next season. Let's learn to rely and obey God today, church. God provided for Elijah every place that he went. In a drought. He did it because he completely entrusted and obeyed God. I'm going to close with this scripture. Isaiah 43, verses 19. I want you to get this. Isaiah 43, verse 19. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So in other words, he said, if I did it for Elijah, I'm going to do it for you too. If I did it for Moses, I'll do it for you too. If I did it for Daniel, I'll do it for you too. If I did it for King David, I'll do it for you too. If I did it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm going to do it for you too. If I did it for Job, I'll do it for you too. If I did it for Jonah, I'll do it for you too. If I did it for Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, Timothy, all of them, I will do it for you too. Because we got a God that supplies everything we need. He just needs us to rely on him, trust him, obey him in your brokenness. And watch what God will do. Because he's a God that will do it for you too. And you're here and you're broken. And you're saying, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, yo, okay. Stay there as long as you need to. But start relying on God. Quit relying on man. There's not a person in this place that's got what you need, church, that can help you through the biggest battles that you face. But there's one name that's above all other names, and his name is Jesus that can get you through it. Amen. And you call on his name, you rely on that name, you obey that name, and you watch what God will do. You'll get through it. Amen. God prepared Elijah by putting him in an isolation place, and he's brokenness, and he's hurt to break him. Secondly, He prepared him by teaching him to fully and totally rely on him, not on everything else. And thirdly, he taught him to completely and totally obey him, even when it seems uncomfortable, even when you can't explain it. See, God's continually, he's continually, God, church, working in you so he can continually work through you. Amen. Amen.